Galileo. Well, that's like in the 80s, like Cindy Lauper's song, She Bop. They say it's about masturbation. I still don't get it. I still, I, yeah. Well, I, if you I've know seen the lyrics, like, bop, bebop, a bebop. What are, what are the lyrics? Let's do that right now. I'm going to get <laughs> lyrics to shebops. Because no, it is. Well, there's also, I mean, I think dancing with myself was pretty, you know. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty. Let's start. <laughs> well, I'm seeing him every night in tight blue jeans in the pages of a Blue Boy magazine. Hey, hey, I've been thinking of a new sensation. I'm picking up good, but Simone, this is pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm picking Maybe up the vibration. Ooh, she bop. Oh, she bop. Do I want to go out with a lion's roar? Yes, I want to go south and get some more. Come on, dude. <laughs> I feel like okay. I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, this is season three of Shooting the Breeze, and today my guest is Jen Hayward. Uh, Jen, Jen is a well-known comic in Ottawa, a pro, one of the best, and she's our guest today. So welcome, welcome to the show, Jen. Oh, thank you. I wouldn't say one of the best. I'd say I'm adequate at best, but I'll take it. <laughs> no, you're one of the best. You're one of the best. Sweet, <laughs> that's sweet. Thank you. So how, how have you been? You know, I've been good. I know this is the third time we were scheduled, so my reputation <laughs> precedes me. Uh, I, I'm a scattered woman at the best of times, and and now I'm even more scattered. Like it's, I try and do things. Like I'm gonna, and then something gets in the way. Work usually, so I mean, I'll take it. But it, yeah. it's, I'm not the most reliable person. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> except for when I'm delivering your packages, then we get it there on time. But, I try my best, but it's part of life of entrepreneurship is that sometimes you just need to, and then uh, suffering, exhaustion, things like that at times. And then also, I don't really do much after 7.30 at night because I have an edible and I'm asleep by 10. So yeah. Because <laughs> you were sick for a little while too. You had bronchitis or something. Yeah, viral bronchitis. I don't really, we stayed at home when they had the second lockdown or the third or 18th lockdown uh, <laughs> when, when they doubled down on the lockdown and took crayons away from kids until white women were like no uh <laughs> then um we decided to work like we're allowed to be open but it's not necessary for everyone to be in the office so uh josh and i said listen we're mostly doing paperwork we'll stay out of the office i don't need to be here i trust my staff um so I didn't go anywhere. Uh, one day I went on the road and I just can't, that had to have been where we caught it. So my son never leaves the house. He's uh, 18, he's finishing uh, grade 12 online and he maybe goes for a walk and back. And we both, so we we were sure it was COVID and I was gonna die. Like that was <laughs> where, cause we, we forgot what it's like to be sick. The thing yeah. about social distancing this year, I didn't get my usual yeah, cold or whatever. Thing, same here, I was like, I'm dying. And I usually and, catch everything, yeah. Yeah. So we got our puffers and we just waited it out um, and got our COVID test. Obviously, it's a responsible thing to do. No COVID, which was good. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're still in a slight recovery, but it, I got now I'm back in the office and have work to do. So, okay. yeah. Okay. Um, have you been vaccinated or do you have an appointment? I have my first. Yeah, I have my first Pfizer shot. So my second one is July 26. And I'm out of here. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. I had a Moderna shot on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, What's your my, second one? My second one is August 19th. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. But a month behind. So mm -hmm. hopefully everyone our age will be done by the end of summer, which would yeah. be great. I mean, 
I'm all for the youngins, but honestly, even by the end of May, they should all be getting their first shots. Like I think. Yeah, I heard, I saw something on uh, CBC. I think it was on Thursday or Friday where they said that everyone over the age of 18 in Ontario will be eligible for a shot okay. by the end of the month. When by the end of May. I think that's good. Every able-bodied working person. And I mean, uh, right now, like by that, I mean, like if this is the reason we're closing down the workforce, then let's get everyone in the workforce done. Right. Like, I think it's, it's a little controversial, but I don't like how they did the free-for-all. I, I really don't. And I'm going to say something that's like offensive to you. And I'm so sorry. Offensive to um, me? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Because I truly believe, uh, oh, just a sec, my, my, my drink order has come to <laughs> my sexy husband. Uh, he's a sweet man let me tell you um no but I, I i think they should have rolled it out by number one thing is anyone who's a frontline worker so first the healthcare frontliner uh, should have been done first then the grocery store the anyone who has not been allowed to close including us like I would love it if all my staff, if I just knew my staff were, you know what, if we were vaccinated, we'd go up the elevators. I don't let our staff go in elevators right now. Mm. I say, no, they can meet you downstairs. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. It's a, uh, you know, elevators are cesspools of germs to begin yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Cause it's a contained space. Yeah. yeah. And, and to press the button and to do, it's just mm. not worth it for us. So, I mean, I have, you know, I say that when there's elderly, but they find a way I brought uh, um, a dozen wine bottles when this all began to some old guy weekly, like <laughs> weekly. <laughs> I think he was running some bootleg and parties at the retirement home. We would bring it, and he would just show up with his walker and he'd say, put it there, and he would, then he would slowly walk his walker away. Shuffle but, back. <laughs> yeah. Away. So, so with that, I think realistically, the people who should be vaccinated last are the public servants who don't need to be frontline. So by that, I mean the ones who can work from home. And I don't mean it just because one, they've had the least wage interruption uh, for the most part, and two, um, the employer kind of has to work them at home so it gets the economy going and then but we also need like like downtown core needs the 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 public service back as well right i mean it, it's a ghost town there uh but that was that was my idea but no one consulted me and just said all right <laughs> well, yeah no, went, I, I i i agree with you like i think that the yeah the businesses that were deemed essential that people still had to work yeah they should have been first since they're keeping everything open they kept you know, kept everything yeah. afloat as much as they could. They should have been first. So I, I do agree with that. I do but right now, it just became a free-for-all. It's very interesting. So the ones who seem to have time to do all the calling and all the, you know, but some people who are frontline workers working grocery store don't have time to put themselves- Yeah, because they're at them. work all day. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, so, and going but, for the shot, depending on what time their appointment is, means taking a day off Exactly. Work. Well, at least yeah. now that's paid, which is also controversial in its own way because they're yeah. making a small business. So it was meant for the big business, right? It was meant for the grocery stores not letting their, you know, their their staff. If one of my staff was like, I need to get a vaccination, it's like go, like don't yeah. even question, don't. Yeah. Um, everyone, you know what? And, and we actually had to start thinking HR wise. What if we have staff who don't want to get vaccinated? And that whole. Yeah rights and freedoms versus mm -hmm. public health which has gone on regularly through this yeah. entire thing through wearing masks and going in public but now really is coming down to it with you know 
is it fair to put ourselves at risk because someone won't vaccinate themselves? And are mm -hmm. we at risk? And, and I don't know science enough. And that's why people will say, you know, watch this video or that. And I said, but here's the thing. I trust my doctor. I yeah. trust the nurses on the front line. I'm as frustrated as everyone. I don't believe we should have had lo this lockdown either because no one's listening anyway. Um, if people actually listen from the beginning, maybe we wouldn't be here. Maybe we would. Like I said, I'm not a scientist, but uh, locking us down and then everyone um like it, it everyone is defying it like i'm seeing it left right and center i've seen the mums group and 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 don't even well you know what i said don't even get me started that's why we're here is that um <laughs> the day after the announcement we did a like a panel right which was so funny because you were replacing trevor thompson right and i brought a nurse and i brought jason patronuk right uh who's much more politically on the opposite end of mine and i made the erroneous assumption you would be in the trevor thompson sort of i see, think all comedians think alike or whatever <laughs> and then the nurse and everyone's agreeing with jason and i was like stop <laughs> ego. but in the end i think most people understand the reason lockdowns aren't working is because people aren't following them right, right. um and so yeah, then, not everyone is following them, you know. Well, that's People right. Trying, you and I both know yeah. com like the comedy club, also the yuck yucks. I'm not saying anything negative about absolute comedy, I wasn't there, but knowing Jay, they were probably pretty you know retentive about their cleaning too, right? But Howard hired someone to walk around, and that's when I felt safe there, and then I realized how unsafe everywhere is, including my own home, mm -hmm. because uh, when they were on Elgin, every time someone went to the bathroom, yeah, there was somebody. He had somebody with... who was wiping. Somebody was yeah. wiping down every like, every single time surface. someone left. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. like they, uh, you know, they said they were the fun police, like Ashley and and mentioned and Mitch. comedy, but they really towed the line yeah. that you know what this entire livelihood um, and and entertainers and event plans, those are the ones that made like were really affected the most, right? Yeah. Um, I never, you know, I, I love the great feel good stories of everyone who pivoted and made it and stuff like that. But I, um, you know, and I, I love, I, I'm, I'm alone. I actually kind of like the Zoom thing. Uh, I think it allows a little more creativity that you could, I haven't because I don't have time, but to use maybe a PowerPoint in your, in your jokes or to do a sketch instead or do something a little different. Mm -hmm. I think it pushes, pushes it a little bit, but uh, but in the end, so so the point is, is that was a safe place. Um, the when they moved to Dow's Lake, the the ceilings were so high. Yeah. Like again, I felt so safe there. Um, and I've been to many restaurants. I've been to, and I know no one's washing that wall. And then I thought about our office place because we're very very bubbled because we're the only ones. But everyone has a family or whatever. And I just thought, you know what? Um, I touch the wall when I when I'm gonna you know the door that's how I've been pushing it with my hands so I've adapted just how I open doors like if, yeah. if I've learned anything from this is that I didn't care about germs before like I wasn't licking yeah. door handles but I just yeah. didn't pay attention <laughs> to it yeah and now, and I'm now like, I think twice I just like, touch something yeah and, and like, it's like the elbow like to open the door you use the button to open exactly. it automatically and stuff like that and then when I actually do touch something I'm like ew 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 I <laughs> until know. I can wash my hands or get like one of those cloths to those mm -hmm. uh like like these things like the antiseptic yeah. cloth sort of thing yeah 
But I mean, all that aside, I, 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 I'll bitch and I bitch and I fight for our neighbors and not my neighbor. My neighbor's crazy. He's got the, you know, lockdowns equivalent to jail sign on his lawn in a cul-de-sac because that'll tell four people what your political stance is. But anyway, uh, but I, I'm, I was saying like, I just, I miss that human connection, the hugging, the seeing people. But I said, you know, um, a, a friend of mine went on and said, yeah, I now imagine how it is for those of us who are single. And, and I, you know, yeah. I think you talked it a bit, um, a bit uh, at that thing. So at that, you know, with you, Jason, Jen, the nurse and myself, Jen and I both have families and I'm like, she has like a, a big well she has three kids uh from her like uh, from birth and then adopted four uh, i think maybe five <laughs> it's been we were out of touch for a while a lot of kids right uh, so it affects that too but the home learning so i'm not saying it's easy for people who stay at home either even mm -hmm. if they're public service like online learning all the things they're doing but the idea is if you're really following lockdown and you like i i take for granted josh and the kids right but it it's you know i'm very bubbled and and they do drive me crazy but <laughs> but i still love them and I, i'm lucky to have that connection so I, yeah. i'm very grateful that we're all still here we're alive you know and and i see the end of the tunnel i don't know what society is going to look like in the end because i have not been impressed with society as a whole this yeah. year like the so oh that's where this is going you see how i tell stories and come back <laughs> is, um, so after we did that podcast or whatever it was that like the next day or that debate the next day uh he came in with all the and that was when he said and the police can stop you right and i was like like half my staff out. including <laughs> management are people of color who across the that's no border i said that no way so we have letters we have all the rest but we remember what it was like even for me but i I've never, I mean, I'm indigenous, but I'm light skinned and passing. So I never say I've faced discrimination against the color of my skin ever. I'd never say that. Um, and so, and I'm also, I represent well, and I'm all these sorts of things. So um, one of our staff, he's a young guy um, uh, and, and, and a man of color. He's a great, he's one of my favorites. I shouldn't say I have favorites, but I do. <laughs> um, and he was pulled over by the police in the market and had me on the phone trying to tell the guy talk to me because a rental vehicle and some um, you know, chain of command didn't happen and the insurance piece wasn't in the vehicle. And the, uh, the, the way the police officer was talking to him in my, in my life, in my life, except for like maybe when I was assaulted, you know, like true violence or something, have I ever heard anyone be talked to that way? And it was, now and i was so mad so i started yelling like i started i was at the speaker i started yelling at the police officer i went and did a rant on facebook and i was walking around the office in this like indignant anger and uh two of my staff were like yeah jen you just found out black people get stopped by the cops i said no i, I knew it <laughs> but until you like i've never been in that moment where i i've heard secondhand it's sort of like you know why um the death last year was so is because we all saw it right you can't i say you can't ignore that but so many people mm -hmm. did right mm -hmm. but it was the same thing actually hearing racism and action like that was so daunting so yeah when they came down with the police thing i was like eek um i uh was like this is not gonna end well and so they retracted yeah. So I was glad we used that for good, not evil. But then, you know, suburban moms went went on uh, the tirade about crayons not being essential. And apparently the only place they're 
should be allowed to buy them is Dollarama because they say it's essential. And I said, okay, it's fine. I get it. School supplies are essential. There are local places you can go. Mm-hmm. Let's make it a level fairing plate. I hate Dollarama, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but uh, they said, you know, lower income people, da, 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 da. I said, guys, we're in Canada. You have a Starbucks in your hand. I yeah. I can claim cash poor, but I cannot claim poverty. I've been in poverty before. Mm-hmm. It's a, when you're hawking your, and it's offensive, but we used to call them ghetto blasters. It's, you know, like, you yeah, know, call you're, them my, that too. you're yeah. my age. You yeah, know, exactly. So that's it's, what we call them, ghetto no blasters. I've heard worse names for them. So ghetto blast, ghetto blaster is fine. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's what we grew up calling them, but yeah, we call them you know, we'd hawk it, we'd get our money and then we'd have, like, that was our lifestyle. So, so I got so mad that, I mean, yes, use your voice. Like, yes, open the playgrounds, do all those things, but use your voice for other people and not just your own inconvenience. That's my soapbox. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why like over the last year, because I know I'll say like this around the time with, um, I think with George Floyd. So it's coming up to a year um, since that happened. And I remember seeing, so many posts on Facebook of people like, oh, thank God we're not in the States and that doesn't happen here. And and that pissed me off. And so I wrote a post and I was like, these are the things off the top, just off the top of my head that have happened to me in Canada. So shut up about it doesn't happen here. And just list, I think I listed about 10 or 15 things like from as far back as I can remember to the most recent. I was like, that happened here. So, you know, sit down sort of thing oh my god I had no idea (laughs) well people don't know like women it was what three weeks ago uh where one of the moms groups which by the way I shouldn't bitch about so much because I'm a mom in suburbia uh but (laughs) years and years ago there was a post um about a black man in the neighborhood I kid you not this could be 12 years ago uh and it was um it, it, it was pretty awful, and and, uh, and and the story that she told made me think this guy was lost and was going to ask for directions, and then saw some scared white woman. Like he had a kid with him. The whole story reeked of some guy was lost and needing help, right? Yeah. And and I said that this is kind of racist, and I got like when you look at white fragility, it went they went on the attack, and I of was course. getting private messages about you, and and I remember how awful it was. And so I saw some progress with debate last year with George Floyd, and, and you know people like well yeah, we shouldn't kill people. Like, you know, they're, they're yeah. getting that. <laughs> but three weeks ago, there was another post about, um, and I may be wrong. The person may be a predator. Like, that's the thing is I was like, but the way, again, the story was told, I listened to things, I guess, from my innocent Saskatchewan upbringing, even though I've worked in the jail system. But I, I like to think the best is that, the, and they said it was a, uh, the word, their quote unquote words, you know, a black man in uh, uh, like a, a white vehicle. And so they explained, you know, what it was. And he was asking their daughter outside about the dog who was in the window. And everyone's like, you don't talk to kids who aren't yours. And I was like, I do that all the time. If I see a dog, I put like, I have pulled over and said, oh my God, he's so cute. (laughs) And then they're like, no, it's because he was in the house. And I said, well, yeah, you can still see it. Now, I guess there's been dog thefts. And I said, well, maybe you want to think about why you have such expensive dogs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it was again, and I pointed that out. And actually that, you know, did they did you need to say that the guy oh we need everyone to watch out I said well do you you know I said because I do that all the time and I've never seen a post here saying crazy woman yelling yeah. from the car yeah. about the dog 
and they deleted the post to their credit but okay. it's like yeah yeah because you have to wonder sometimes because it's like really is it is it because the person's a person of color that it's an issue or would this have been an issue Anyway. anyone what sounded like for a lot of them anyone talking to their kids is an issue and i realized i was a bad mom <laughs> like my kids were, i mean they were four five and six when they came right and uh, and they just came so willingly like hi new mom right like it was kind of a weird thing so they were very friendly kids and i we always joke you know maybe they'll walk off with someone else and they say ah, you're my parents now whatever <laughs> but we we weren't afraid now i don't know or like my neighbors but we certainly weren't afraid my daughter knows the name of every dog and their owner in the neighborhood because mm -hmm. from age four she would stop and talk like she knows when they die you know she'll make little cards but like she's she's great with dogs so i don't know i just think people are very protective and you and i grew up in a different day and age where if an adult talked to us about our dog unless they were saying come into our car come into my car and tell me about come into my bed i have candy and a doggy then yeah we were taught not to go i still think my kids would have went they're like wait my mom said it could be a kidnapper but i really like candy and, and there's a dog <laughs> dog and candy <laughs> I started making them watch SVU just to scare them. <laughs> this could happen to you. That would do it. That would do it. But uh, I was different. Well, so so back to social media. We had a, there's a there's a group called uh, the it's a like anti-racism group in the valley, right? And I mean, applaud for people for wanting to learn and do better, right? Too, because mm -hmm. the valley is not known for its wokeness, to say the least, right? Um, <laughs> And so, but, but a post came up and that's where I said, like, this is, this is where I, I stand down. I'll, I'll speak up where I can, but I, you know, we also try and have, let other people have voices, obviously. And I mean, I'll take something if I've learned it from you or from someone else. And if it's okay to share it, I'll share it. It's a teaching. Mm -hmm. um, but in this case, it was like, yeah, I'm out of here. So it was, it was a woman. And it's a person I know, and I really like her and I have no issue with her. And she was talking about her experience, experience in Passover as a Jewish woman and discrimination she had felt. And, um, but then some people were like, no, that doesn't belong here because anti-Semitism isn't racism because it's not based on the color of your skin. And it became like a huge issue. And then they deleted her from the group. And I just sat back going like, I'm from Saskatchewan, right? Growing up, I did not know any Jewish people or black people because it's cold and they're smart and they stay fully away from Saskatchewan. <laughs> so I was interested because I don't, like, I don't even, like, when you look at the Israel crisis, all those things, my husband gets it. I still don't get it, right? Like, I, I read and, I, and I, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm just, maybe I'm just not smart, but I don't fully understand it. But when I hear, you know, and I'm like, hate is always wrong. And if someone's yeah. sharing the experience, we don't need and to hate. And hate is hate, I think. Like, I don't yeah, think they should have deleted from the yeah. group maybe people were feeling it was co-opting, but it's, there's a sensitivity out there. And I find um, there are people speaking out. You said something after, uh, I think it was about the police, you posted something about, you know, if you don't understand why the police being able to stop and ask me questions or whatever it was at any time, uh, you don't have a black friend, you just know a black person or something like yeah. that. And uh, because it isn't, you know, if, if you don't know that, that's, you know, you can know it on the surface, but. Yeah, because mm. the thing is, anyone who knows me mm. knows like that, who's my friend and like in yeah. my circle would know, maybe not every single well, racist yeah. experience, but they would know that, oh, 
she has to think about this. I don't have to think about it, but she does, you know, she has to think about these things. So yeah, if you just know someone who happens to be black, you wouldn't be privy to that information. But if you have a black friend, you, you, you would be. You know that, and that's the difference between just, you know, I have a token, anyone in my life to, to integrated diversity, which is getting to know different people from different cultures and different, and not actively seeking out, but sometimes you got to leave Canada to meet new people. (laughs) You just have to be Dimovic, or Trevor Thompson's Hazeline Road. Uh, Every time we drive by it, which is two blocks from us, my husband yells out his quote, uh, but so that's how we've just found is that I, a year ago, I think I was in a different place. So call out culture in general. Um, I haven't always been a huge fan of it because uh, one, sometimes I like to separate the artists from their art. How far back does call out culture go? Was it um, like in, you know, Jim Jeffries did a bit about, was it him doing jokes at a time where the line was here and he was just crossing the line, but now they move the line here. It, was that a situation? Um, I, there was all these things. Um, and I watched, you know, a few call out situations with people I knew and I was like, um, I, I'm a big fan of Aziz Asari and I saw what happened to him. And so all this, so last June, right during the Black Lives Matter um, uh, protest, the day of, I kid you not, um, we had, so we were like, oh yeah, we're this woke office where, you know, any staff who wants to attend the rally can, can take the afternoon off and uh, let us know, et cetera, et cetera. We're great, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and that day we even got a little, you know, what we call like just a little, okay, we're doing the right thing. We're on the right track is that we actually turned down a hundred thousand dollar contract because of blatant racism, uh, where they had accused uh, one of our drivers who was a person of color of smoking marijuana, um, on Candipo's property. I was like, no, he wasn't. He was with my husband. And, uh, and so they automatically suspend them from the property while they do an investigation. And because I said, well, I want to know who made the complaint and they wouldn't give the person up. And I said, well, we're not doing business with yeah. you. Then. I should say it wasn't Candipo's. It was just the yeah. situation. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so then we're feeling, okay, we're ethical. We're doing all this. So a couple of weeks later, we got wind that, uh, and it was a hard situation for everybody, but because of CERB and things like that, um, our um, warehouse manager at the time had decided to, um, you know, be nice and let people choose less hours so they could also click CERB. So I found two nights where we had no staff who were available to oh work and, and I got wind of it consulted with my lawyer and with HR and we realized we're liable for potential fraud. We never laid anyone off. We were in fact busier. So I told everyone, I'm sorry that you're going through this. You have to work, period. So one woman really pushed back, really pushed back. And uh, we had words. And I said, I'm sorry, then you can't work here. And uh, oh, shit. Uh, She took it to Black Ottawa. She put my words out there. She even put it at the bottom. I don't think Jen Hayward's racist. I don't think no one cared. So uh, I only knew about it at first because I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, allies. I'm an ally. You know, I just have a lot of people who are like, holy shit, Jen's getting burned here. Um, And uh, and so I said, okay. so I then our social media started getting attacked. And that was hard um, because you you put all your life into this. But then I just. Okay, I consulted what to do, and I believe very firmly that it's unless this became a bigger issue, I'm not going public. I'm not, you know, like let's. So what I did was we just deleted the, you know, if someone wasn't a a client of ours, 
um, if the person who who was let go wanted to say something, I would let it stand for sure. But other people who don't know us, uh, it, it, you're not going to attack my business. But what I did do was sit back and reflect, because when you see your own words used in the screenshots, you're like, and I read it and I said, you know, no, there was no racism here but there was a little bit of classism. And, uh, and I got that and I, that's when I realized I'm in the middle of this, I'm a feminist, but I'm also an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. And, and you know, and, uh, but it, it doesn't matter what my intent was. Her reality was, and her, her perception of it was that, you know, this was unfair. And, you know, she as a young black woman was trying to get ahead and doing what everyone else was doing. And she took a stand against the big corporation. And I was like, I'm the big corporation. I don't want to be, but so I, I, there was still a time and place, but, but so since then, I think I agree more with call out culture because my reputation stood for itself. Um, you know, I didn't go online and talk about it much. I just said, I have to let people believe what they're going to believe because it may have nothing to do with me. It may be the 18,000 racist things that have occurred before and the lack yeah. of trust with, with business owners and with yeah. like skinned people. So, uh, so now I guess that's where, you know, Aziz is back working, you know, um, that sometimes it does end up okay to 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 say and and i hope that anyone who's watching this and hopefully there's some business owners watching this because those are my new people who watch me um is that you know something that happens they do the same and they reflect and look at it from the perception of the employee and is there anything that you did you know and are there any policies that you have is there any you know and for me it was i wasn't on top of managing that aspect of my business because it happens in the middle of the night <laughs> and I don't so uh so it was learning we all sort of retweaked you know moved on the person can be back working with us too which is an interesting thing um oh, you know that was, working with you um what well, was a casual thing uh and okay. but, but welcome she, she has other employment but many of her family work for us that was also okay. just an added dynamic um I said it's one of those things I could have held better, but in the end, I guess that's why I said maybe call a culture is good because it gives people a voice who didn't have one. They had a safe space to talk. Unfortunately, activists took that uh, and went a little far with it. I think her just being able to say, don't support this business. I'm so angry. Could have been enough. We could have had people boycott us, right? Yeah. Because of it. And, and that's also okay. They have to go on their reality. And then I started thinking, God, I don't know the political or the racial of, of every business that I do work with. I don't like, you know, it, it's become our, our business has become personal. If that, does that make sense to you? Like, do you, yeah. I, I've been doing all the talk, but do you, well, I guess it, I'm your guest, but do you like shop according to like the ethics or is it more when special, like, how do you, how do you um, run your life that way? If I'm aware of like a brand or a corporation that has, of, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that has like views or or things yeah. that I don't agree with. I won't shop there. Okay, I won't, that's I won't, they're not getting any of my money. So you knowledge know? is power in that yeah. regard too. Yeah, because I I'm the worst. But I still memory. shop at Amazon. You know, I still do. Well, Amazon. You know, you can't not get away from it. That's yeah. the thing is that like I am one of the most anti-Amazon people. I've set up my business to help people that Amazon is screwing over. But sometimes we have to order from Amazon. Like it's just yeah. sometimes you have to do it. Yeah. It sucks, and it really does. But yeah, everyone's allowed their own ethical thing i mean realistically we know that 
the clothing we're wearing was probably made from children and the, that, you know, all the atrocities across yeah. the world, you, you have to make your best educated choice, I guess. Yeah. The other day I was eating something. I was like, this is so good. And someone's like, did you know that they're, you know, I, I don't even know what side they're on uh, Panera bread, I guess, or anti-Semitic or something like that. And I was like, but it's so delicious. And I'd never <laughs> eaten there before. Uh, just near my, I was like, well, I guess uh, I'll not eat there. Uh, but I was, you know, like in the States, they have that Chick-fil-A, but I was like, yeah, I it's like, asked. we don't have, I think they opened a Chick-fil-A in Toronto. Oh, okay. Since I've been in Ottawa and I, and I knew that if I were still in Toronto, as much as I love chicken, <laughs> If I was still in Toronto, I don't care how good the chicken burgers are. We, I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat there just because if yeah. they're anti-LGBT, LGBTQ, well, well, and it's thing. like, we don't there are know. other places I can, there are other places I can go. That we aren't. don't know. We don't know if yeah. Popeye's. Exactly. Know. Cause they're, they're, cause they don't like, it's not they known. They haven't yeah. come out and said, like, I yeah. think Chick-fil-A either came out and said, or just they're like where they donate their money. Yeah, oh no, they were they were really anti. It was they wouldn't serve gay, like openly gay or something like it was. Oh wow, yeah. You know, it was so very. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't spend my time or my money there. No, like knowing that. Yeah, so, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So as long as I like, if I know that you know X Y Z corporation is like anti-black, anti-Semitic, anti-gay, yeah. whatever, I I won't shop there. Even if the thing I need is there. I'll try and find it somewhere else. Like, what about art and past and past art? That that is a very interesting topic to me. So, um, um, you know, the 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 singers who have come out with misconduct, but at what point is it? How good they were and how much their art impacted you? Um, is it you know like you can say, um, you know, this band, you know possibly or Michael Jackson is a pedophile then you can say that uh, you know um, um, someone told me that the, the creator of Rocky Horror Picture Show was anti-trans and I was like but it's the Rocky Horror like it, it was like I'm not even a huge fan but I'm like I don't think people are going to stop watching it over the beliefs someone had in 1975 I don't know yeah. but it that that one I find is a little more a little more complicated yeah. for me because say like like I love Louis CK <laughs> and so when the thing came out against him I was like ugh, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. yeah but I I still I think he's brilliant I still think he's I, I think he's funny I would go to his show still but I just like when it came out I was like ooh. and even say like with Michael Jackson um when that doc I don't know if this was this was yeah, I never even saw it. Yeah, it was year. Yeah. It was before, obviously, before he he died, and he's been dead like eleven or twelve years. Well, I think they had one after actually that really outlined like that. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember the one like the one like the his last uh, the last big uh, court case, and yeah. I remember I watched the documentary, and I felt like, Ugh. and I couldn't, mm -hmm. and I I grew up listening like my, Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, like all of that stuff. And I couldn't listen to his music for about a year. Wow. Cause it just, I was just so like disturbed that mm -hmm. whenever I heard the song, I was just like, whoa, like I had like this reaction. I can listen to it now, but I, I would say it was a good, a good year that I couldn't um, listen to his music. Same thing with Bill Cosby. I loved Bill Cosby. 
and couldn't listen to any of his stuff for a while. Yeah, Even so now, I'm still a little. I just feel I feel woo. <laughs> you know? I'm never a huge Bill Cosby fan, I guess, and I think that is part of it too. Is how much did that person mean to you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So a great example is uh, Dave Chappelle, who you know people will say he's anti-trans, and uh, he, in his special, he's like, I'm not anti-trans. I just he says I get it. They're mad at me. I won't stop making jokes about those mother effers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I, his I appreciated his stance and his honesty, and that shouldn't negate what he was saying. And what he was saying was the fights that they've been going through. And I mean, Michael Che said the same kind of thing in his is that you know it, it's putting differently. I guess, as different oppressed groups against each other and just pointing out oh everyone got behind it when it was white gay people but still and so it i think there's a lot of like it, it's a it's a wormhole for sure yeah and if something made a difference to me and it happens like i used to, okay what's well, I, I used to be a Christian. Oh my God. Right. Uh, like a true missionary when I was 19, had a nervous breakdown, whatever, um, as you do in Juarez, Texas. But I, um, when, uh, I remember all the rage back then because Sandy Patty, who's a Christian singer, um, had an affair and some people were boycotting her music. And I was just like, so it depends on the impact of the music and your ethics. Like right yeah. now I'd be like, oh, someone cheated on their spouse in the entertainment industry. What? Uh, <laughs> surprise. What do I care? Yeah. Oh, you hit your wife? Maybe I care. Like, I, and of course you care. But when you're listening to the radio, you listen to the radio. Like it's about whether, I, I know I've listened to some very misogynistic lyrics, but they have oh, a nice yeah. beat. Like, you know, I said, feminist music needs a better beat. Uh, <laughs> you know, put some better, uh, so, so, some better, better beat tracks those, in those lyrics, right? Like, Helen Reddy, we cannot live and die on her alone. I don't know if you saw my interview with Biff Naked, but it's still one of the funniest stories I've had with her is that, um, her whole anthem was from my age, maybe a bit younger, but like, I love myself today, not like yesterday, right? And it was like this sort of feminist, you know, rocker kind of thing. And that's what I always assumed it was about getting your own self-esteem and loving yourself first. Mm -hmm. And my husband and my friend believe it's about masturbation. Uh, I love my, you know, in the, I got my lovers in the chat room and da, da, da. And so when I met her, I had to ask, you know, what does it mean? She goes, I don't know. I didn't write it. And uh, <laughs> you just popped my bubble that, like, I mean, she was involved in it, but like, that's not how she talks. Right. Mm. So, you know, it was just funny. I was like, you just blew my feminist mind. Uh, like, that's like in the eighties, like Cindy Lauper's song, she bop. They say it's about masturbation. I still don't get it. it. I still, I, yeah. Well, I've, if you I've know seen the lyrics, like, bebop, bebop, a bebop. Well, here, what are the lyrics? Let's do that right now. I'm going to get <laughs> lyrics to shebops. Because no, it is. Well, there's also, I mean, I think dancing with myself was pretty, you know. Um, yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty. Let's start. <laughs> well, I'm seeing them every night in tight blue jeans in the pages of a Blue Boy magazine. Hey, hey, I've been thinking of a new sensation. I'm picking up good vibrations. Vi- Simone, this is pretty obvious. I'm picking <laughs> up vibrations. Ooh, she bop. Oh, she bop. Do I want to go out with a lion's roar? Yes, I want to go south and get some more. Come on, dude. <laughs> I feel like. Okay, I get it now. I get it now. I get it now. <laughs> I didn't get it then. She bop, she bop, a bop. When you read the label, 
my husband does that all the time. So when we got <laughs> together, I love because I was just so happy to be young and in love and I love and his favorite thing was breaking down lyrics for me. Uh, so I realized they're not romantic. So I used to love this song um, by extreme more than words. Um, yes. You know, yes. and uh, which is, I thought it was a song about like, I love you more than words. Like, you know, and, and no, when you look at the lyrics, it's about put up and shut up. Um, I don't want you to tell me you love me. You need to show me. Yeah. You love me. I was like, well, that's less romantic. No, that's far less romantic than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like, most love songs are pretty desperate. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's true. It's true. And it's like, I think. I think I subconsciously block out the lyrics because it's like, I don't want to know, like this song makes me feel good. And I don't want to know it's about, you know, shaving your dog and killing it or something. And sometimes it's so subtle and same with movies. It's like, like, can't you just enjoy something? Like, do you have to analyze it? And and that's where I've been. Um, I got, I was, I was watched a movie recently and I, I, I teach a change makers course with uh, my friend's kids. They're homeschooled. And, uh, and so I have them meet with women across the world and just talk about how movements are made and, you know, very traditional hippie dippy stuff. Um, and, uh, and so while we were doing this, I came across the movie Moxie. Have you seen it? No. Yeah. There are a lot of movies I haven't seen. <laughs> so on Netflix, it, it's a movie that reminds me of, um, a blossoming in like a blossoming introduction to feminism but intersectional feminism so um the movie tried to right the wrongs of the riot girl movement and all the like the feminist movement from day one i mean feminism essentially in the suffrage was created by white women so they could stay home and keep everyone down like that was the entire intent of feminism was mm. give women a choice but their choice wasn't to not go to work like that's why they wanted it they didn't know no no um so I'm like that's it you know and then and then of course second wave came in which was important and needed um to make some changes that we made you know and then to hear that you know Ruth Bader Ginsburg was racist you know all those little things you're like oh no you know but but again people from their own lens and what they see and what they know doesn't excuse things. Um, so this movie tried to right some of those wrongs. And I felt it was a really good roadmap for one, how to create a movement, especially to a younger audience. And two, uh, about, you know, giving a voice. So it took the ally of the pretty young white girl, right, who had a stupid romance on the side, because that made no sense. But anyway, to, to the point of, um, but but it took her to be an ally to, to really get angry and start understanding, right? Because she became a little bit woker um, because a, a new uh, woman, had st- a girl, they look like women because it's a movie. Um, another teenager started was, you know, pushing back. And so they started this whole movement. And, uh, and then at the end, when she comes out as a woman who created the movement or whatever, um, and she's like, does anyone else have anything to say? This is a chance to show your voice. And that's when, you know, the young teenage black women say, yeah, I got a problem with you. And she was talking to the other feminists to say, this is stuff we need you to know. And I thought it was a really good soft look into feminism but all the critics were like it doesn't go far enough it kind of still whitewashes and I said well if you want white teenagers to watch it and to learn and to grow from it you can't just have boys don't cry you can't just have okay Mississippi burning like that's not going to change people because they're not going to watch it right you have to get this so if Amy Poehler can use her comedic genius for 
to really help break down some of those barriers. I was for it. I was a little surprised at how, but the criticism is also important too, to understand. I just think in this case, they did get it right. Um, I don't know, but you didn't watch it. So this conversation is really one-sided. <laughs> so my friend, you are very funny, by the way. Oh, thank um, you. No, it's like you have a polish. It's really good. You have a voice. Uh, even the way you set up your podcast, very professional. I'm just Thank like, you, you want to talk on screen to me? You have like a questionnaire and everything. Yeah. Like you're a nice voice in the, in the, because like, in the comedy scene, it, it's not the most, it, it's got there, but it's not the most woke. Like when I came in, there was maybe three other women doing it and they were mostly like having us compete, you know, against each other for, you know, the only reason I was tolerant, I was crazy and, and rightfully so I was, you know, I wanted to fit in so much with these other crazy people and hide from my life. And I did some things that weren't good and I just wasn't myself. Right. Still always a good person, uh, but definitely made some, some mistakes, but it wasn't the, the inclusive type scene it is now. And, and so now I remember when they had first voices, right? So like Cal Brownrigg was probably one of the first openly gay comics, right? And his, he sort of paved the way for Jesse Reynolds to come in. It was like, you know, and, and, and so we had voices. And so now it's, it's nice to hear those diversities. So when we have a women's show, they weren't good shows. They, because we would just put every woman on because- yeah. <laughs> Well, That's you'll do, right? And and it's good to get that exposure and stuff, but also didn't make women's comedy look good because not everyone was at the level that they should be on a big show. And so now it's like picking the best, right? So like when Howard did the show this year for International Women's Day, that was a stellar show. Oh, I really, I really enjoyed it. And the thing I heard from everyone after, and no disrespect to any of the other comics, including myself, you were the star. Uh, absolutely. You are the most quotable person of the night. Still, the women at Harmony House are quoting you, right? Because you <laughs> use your, your humor from, from a vantage point um, of understanding oppression, but not beating us over the head with it. But also your sexual stuff, you don't expect it. Like you sometimes you're so soft spoken. I'm like, did she just say like she said because it just didn't sound like you know I remember the first time I did a dirty joke I giggled on stage like I was right and uh, and you just own that um so yeah no I think you you know you have a great career ahead of you however you form it it's a you. you've got a you've got a good brand going it's a it's all the things that and, and you're obviously polish your writing. Like I, I've heard that's what people are supposed to do. <laughs> I do, a, I have, a, this is my entire comedic process. I think of a thought and I go on stage and do it. I don't have anything written down anywhere except for the stuff I do for CBC. So when I did this just for laugh taping, I was like, oh crap, what were my kid jokes? I had to go back. I found some old tapes and, and uh, I just, it was never, and if people laughed because I would get away with just being charming or whatever, and I just wouldn't work on it anymore. I'd want, oh, I have a new idea. Look, my attention, like squirrel. Oh, now we'll talk about periods and then we'll talk about my daughter's period. I can't wait to talk about my grandkids' periods on stage. You'll come full circle. Anyway, you're very funny. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, who's your favorite comedy, besides me, obviously, who's your favorite person to watch in Ottawa comedy? In Ottawa comedy, my favorite Yeah, the, the person to watch and the first, the, the person you, 
Yeah, that's the like that's a good person. So one is a comedic and the other one's person. Oh wow. Um put me on the spot. And it doesn't mean <laughs> if there's comics reading or watch reading, if there's put subtitles on so that doesn't look so dumb. If there's comics <laughs> watching, it doesn't mean she if she doesn't say you, she doesn't like you. We're just calling out <laughs> someone who's funny. Um, I really enjoy watching Trevor. I I I just love his style. I love when he gets all fired up and gets yeah. going. Like I, it's funny is what he says is he says he could say some really biting, like punch you in the face type things, mm -hmm. but it's funny. He, he, he makes it, he makes his point and he's making it funny. And I just like how he gets all worked up and, and like, <laughs> I, I well, I know I he's not going to win best person. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you can edit this out but anyway if not there's my boobs um okay so yeah let's go back to Trevor in a moment we'll give him a some promo uh but for a person you like uh, I like a lot of people they're, they're, the thing is I like a lot of people in in the community mm -hmm. um I think one of the kindest and most generous is uh Janelle Niles She's nice. I yeah. think she's a sweetheart. Okay. I think she's very sweet. Yeah. Um, who else? God, I like Tavis. He, oh, he's a good I writer. Like, I like Tavis Mickelson a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Dylan Parker. I think he's a kind person. Yeah. They're just, oh, I met him once. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. yeah. No, there are a lot of people that, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people in the community that I like. That's good. That I like. Yeah, That's there are, there are nice a few thing. that I don't like, and they probably don't like me either. Um, and I can't see them not liking that. you. <laughs> well, maybe the one who posted on your website. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe there are at least two. <laughs> don't, yeah. You know, like the um, people. And the thing is, I can't even say I dislike them. It's just that I don't know them that well. I think that's it. And, and I there's don't a, really interact with them all that much. So there's two personas. I, I, I don't know if you ever met Nick Carter, but he always said this to me. He said, there's Jen Hayward and there's Jen Hayward on Facebook. And uh, that was early in my career because they were two completely different people. Jen Hayward on Facebook, really annoying. Uh, <laughs> Jen Hayward in real life, but now in real life, really annoying. But no, I think now they've leveled out to the same person because yeah. I actually filter a lot and don't say a lot. Uh, but for my person is always Don Kelly, my go-to. Oh, yes. Nicest yes, guy yes, in yes. Ottawa. Like and literally Waffet. Waffet. just, yeah known him for he knew me during the bad days and he always said but I know you're good people do you know what I mean he's like I know uh, and he embraced my kids like I met him um I was um I was traveling for work a lot um going to institutions to work with the elders on indigenous uh, justice and uh and so my kids you know they were newly adopted and I was like hi I'm your mom I'm going to BC like that it, it wasn't a good mom but anyway uh and uh and so they'd watch fish out of water and so it was kind of neat when I met him and I said would you mind if I got an autograph from my son and he was so embarrassed he's like yeah the 10 year old male demographic <laughs> and, uh, and he's just always been like a true and, and Wendy, of course, like they're just salt of the earth, you know, been around forever, welcome new people, know the yeah. old people. And I have to say, uh, you know, who I really enjoy watching is that he's a young guy, but I find him, he, he talks about things that I don't think about talking about. And that I like that uh, is a, a not, no, Brennan, obviously I like Brennan, but I'm talking, I think of the newer guys, Haddad, David Haddad. 
Um, yeah, he's he good. comes I up with some that. interesting things because I was away for a long time and then I was watching. I was like, this kid's polished, right? Yeah, like he, he comes really... up with some, he's got some great, great I was like, great stuff in his delivery. Like it. he's really good. Yeah. 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 So my, and of course, like all the new guys who came in who have just immediately became pros, like the uh, uh, David Brennan, so good. Uh, yeah. Kurt yeah, Gibbon. Clint, Clint Gibbon. <laughs> yeah. So good. But Trevor, that's interesting. See, I've known him for a long time. Uh, since I since I came in and I had like he, I had a little crush on him when I first met like a schoolgirl my obsession kind of thing it ended really quick uh, his personality <laughs> was that story. Um, but but it, it's something I've seen with him do you know what I mean and I, I'm so glad he's doing this talk show and he's doing some promotion is that you are rooting for him I think like I think we're all rooting for him so like on the just for laughs, right? So the day before, you know, he did well. And that day of like, this was, you know, he, he was like, this was his thing. Like yeah, he, he, we, he was so good. He did we so were good. all like, oh yeah, that's right. You were there. Yeah, we we're all yeah. excited. We're all, but, but, you know, you just knew for Trevor, this meant so much more. Like I was like, yeah, bucket list. I'm recognized. I love this. I'm probably going to suck, but whatever. <laughs> but and Trevor blew, like, set of the night by far and I caught him doing something after and I I, I almost kicked him but I, I did it ver I did it like with my words and stuff and he was like oh but I forgot to put I said are you gonna ruin this you just hit one of the heights of achievement right you have these pretty young women coming out to watch you and you're gonna shit on yourself at this time like enjoy the success because he's not happy when things go well and that's why he's so funny is because his whole if he was exceptionally successful his jokes wouldn't be that funny had he not worked for me for so long delivering shitty oh no good cupcakes but still delivering <laughs> he wouldn't have that bit that's a solid bit right and uh, so so i'm really glad he has a nightly uh show and i'm really glad tavis is writing for it because tavis mm -hmm. is a great writer oh, yeah. and uh, lorenzo i don't know very well but he seems like a nice guy yeah, and Loren i spoke with video lorenzo production. yesterday he's yeah lorenzo is uh yeah they're all they're all good good guys like i like these are people if you're not in comedy go watch yeah. go watch trevor's pad if you know um don't watch my show i just talk to people and uh it's good or it's not uh it's just like whatever uh one time we were talking about the insects involved in lawn like the science of lawning i love you chris urquhart but oh my god and i was high when i was uh doing that interview and i was like i know i'm promoting my friend's business here but <laughs> this is uh this is really sciencey so um but and then sometimes it's really fun but but trevor's pad like i i wish it had more of the non-comics involved but i wonder how that would go because a lot of the night seems to be shitting on the show in the comments <laughs> yeah, so i don't I think if, how... it's like if you're not if you're not like somehow not necessarily a comic but if you're not um like adjacent to the community and you don't know like yeah. a lot of it i think a lot of it you would miss like it would go well i would love to see him expand i mean and to get monetized and i said yes. i think the best thing for that would be to expand outside of comedy mm -hmm. um because the people who you know who if if you have cody cody uh, steve cody on for example you're gonna have a better viewership than you do with just one of our comics right it was like oh comic like oh comics talking about comics right so like even in this you're not going to say oh jen talks about comedy it's like 
a plethora of things that we talk mm -hmm. about, but when it's so, I enjoyed being on their show, but I definitely got high that night too. Um, I had my <laughs> edible because it's so late. I'm in bed by then normally. And so there's just this moment where you see Jen has checked out of the interview Because <laughs> yeah. I like, what I like about it is like, he does his thing where he talks about like current events or whatever, like the first half hour or so. Yeah. And then the next hour and a half, like it's, you know, one of us, yeah. on the show and then it's all other comics in the in the chat and you know I just like well, that it was, if it was earlier I would go I can't like I was getting some life balance for a while and now we're back but yeah. it's not it's not a bad thing do you mind if I talk a bit about my business is that all right oh, no, absolutely please do well self-promotion but so I run and it says go for it most people if they're watching know that uh on my end um and uh so we when 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 COVID hit we we weren't we, we were delivering for, I'll even say, make good food because uh, we don't work together anymore. And um, uh, we saved their ass uh, last, you know, April, May, for sure. Uh, they were having the same problems that everyone was having, production issues, supply chain issues. Mm -hmm. One day, nothing would show up because the chicken wasn't there, you know, all these things. Yeah. And so we helped them out. We pushed them for a contract. We all said, and then, you know, we noticed our bulk started going and, and they said, okay, well, we'll... Um, um we'll sign a tiny little agreement uh for you for three months and then let's review it after that our rates and i said okay and uh two weeks after i signed the agreement they pulled everything from us all except for one really bad postal code so i had my lawyer check everything and he's like oh yeah they boned you he said uh because there was no minimum in my contract with them uh so they were able to give us five in valdemont uh, and if we didn't take it, then that, so, uh, so we lost 120,000 a month in revenue, uh, thinking we might not last, uh, cause we just signed our new warehouse and then we went on. And so we fought from September, just hustling and throwing everything. Uh, like, you know, there was no strategic plan at this point. It's like week to week, are we going to stay open? Right. Yeah. Uh, we weren't talking as openly about it because our customers follow me on Facebook and we didn't want them to go, what the hell, you know, and they know exactly. Yeah. yeah. They know yeah. if like, until if we went bankrupt, until we found a replacement, Josh and I would just personally deliver everything. Right. Uh, that's the ethics that we have. So uh, Christmas came, like I couldn't even afford, like we put all our money in the business, uh, all in, we, um, definitely eggs and all in one basket and at Christmas time, like we couldn't afford, not just, we couldn't afford groceries. Like, and you know, we didn't publicize it that much yeah. because, but we're working 20 hours a day. And I was like, I can't even, uh, and then just things happened. And the, the contracts that were supposed to have been coming came all that hustling we did. So now we're in a better place. And now we're in such a place that we're expanding again, but it's, it's nice. It's a diverse group. So if one person walks, you know, like it would be if we were doing the Tulip Festival this week, they're not going to walk anyway. But um, if they if they if they did, like it's a significant chunk of chain, uh, mm -hmm. we would still survive. Right. We, we've mitigated it. Mother's Day is coming up. So this week is a pedal to the metal. You know, I've stopped drinking again for the 18th time during COVID. Um, and, uh, and no, I, I, I'm leaving the country uh, in September for a little bit. So I, I will be drinking on my trip because uh, I can't have bring edibles with me and mama needs to sleep kind of thing. Uh, and you just, you don't go on safari without toasting it after, right? So um, that was the most privileged thing I've ever said. But anyway, <laughs> 
Uh, so things have gone the way that they were meant to go. I still have some big challenges ahead uh, financially, but but definitely we're in a really good place and, and just organically have worked really hard to get here. So I had about three weeks where I didn't work in the office. I'm just doing paperwork and running invoices and letting someone else do the day-to-day. -day. And it was a really nice thing because I, I think my business outgrew me. Um, my job was to hustle and, and build it. And right now people know go for it, but they know Jen Hayward, right? They know the story brand. Everyone's rooting for it. But I, we had no choice but to do this business. No, we always have a choice. But when we lost our job, I just had weight loss surgery. And my husband uh, was a cook um, at Adawa and I was doing fundraising and they decided to cut the fundraiser. And as a result, there was less funding and they couldn't hire the cook full time. So we both essentially lost our jobs. We had high needs kids. We didn't know how high the needs were going to be until later. They were high. Mm -hmm. And um, and so if we hadn't had like our job, I used to work for the public service. No way, no how would they, the, my boss at that time have allowed uh, the kind of flexibility that I needed. Like if I need to keep my, you know, jailbird son uh, in a car with me for a day. So, you know, or if I need to like at work, have my son, committed which is these are all things that happen right burning themselves up like whatever and we got through it we got past it so we're really happy now to just see what what is life going to bring us uh we're working hard to go for it but it's a team now it's like it's entity unto itself it's not really the jen hayward show anymore or even the hayward family show it's a whole team of people so we're really happy about what we've built and uh i don't know i just wanted to say that just to do a little promo but that's, uh, awesome. that's amazing. Also, if you order something for yourself, be home to accept it. <laughs> yeah. Answer your damn where, where, phone. Where are, you, where are you going? <laughs> oh, you would think no one's following social distancing. Are you kidding? But but for the, a lot of the time, people just don't answer their phone. And I'm sorry, you could be accepting a package of chocolates or cupcakes that someone sent to you with love mm -hmm. and we can't leave them in your apartment lobby because you know someone will eat them and like, uh, someone spent right those are expensive cupcakes so answer your damn phone at the very least we'll know you're not there and make arrangements later so if i could give also since we're on the topic of me giving delivery tips for people if you order something online whether it's local or even amazon although i don't care about that but like put if you have a unit number put it in put the right phone number and put your full name in um so i'm not just looking for one uh we had that it was like <laughs> a, a david something yeah. yeah a david and then it was like a 135 something but it had unit numbers and then it was just david and no phone number so my husband literally got out of the car and started yelling is there a david here is there a david here and there was <laughs> we got his like I'm David. <laughs> yeah, what, what do you want? Like, I don't know. Here's your here's your box of whatever. And uh, but it's something people don't think of. But mm -hmm. the amount of time we spend fixing and and for the love of God, if you're in a new development, your address will not show up on the maps. You yeah. will not show up. So put extra directions because you don't even have street signs on there, right? It's just like next to the big red it says lot 101, but the address is 127. But for some reason, they don't match. Oh my God. Oh, I could excite you with all the delivery sales and go. This is what my life has become. Oh, logistics. I can relate to that because for, for many years ago, I worked for a package delivery company okay. for for a long, like a, for about a decade. I didn't, I wasn't a driver or anything. I was like admin, 
sort okay. of thing. Yeah. So all of those things, like I'm still like when I started, I was on the phones taking the taking orders. So yeah. like postal codes and area codes to this day, like 20, like 30, almost 30 years later, if you throw a postal code at me, I mean, it may not be pinpoint accuracy anymore, yeah. but you know I'll what know. the FSA is. Yeah, I'll, I'll right, know the, the area. I'll be like, there. okay, that's uh, Northwestern Toronto or something. Yeah. That's like the Gatsby Z. Well, <laughs> you know? like, right. So, and you just you know, let, and you bring that up at a, oh, you bring that up at a dinner party and they're like, like I'm not trick. inviting logistics people anymore. I know, like area, area codes are getting a little more complicated just because there's so many numbers. And so there, there are new yeah. codes that I'm like, I have no idea, but like, say the standard, well, the ones that have been around like 416, 514, 613, ones yeah. like that. Um, you know, someone well, throws a 613. Any- I'm like, that's Ottawa or, you know, Southeastern Ontario. <laughs> I'm weird well, like that. <laughs> if people get um 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 if there's any evidence that there is no plan or design of the federal government, I know they work hard, but they have to do what they have to do. It is the postal code system. Uh in Ottawa, it's the most ridiculous. So we go by FSAs, which is the first three postal codes, right? They all run perpendicular, like uh, the K1Bs and the and the K2G is like this big. So the whole but then you have like downtown. K1P and it's a block and and I was like what who was like no 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 I don't want to be K2P with these other peons I deserve my own it's insane it makes no reason like the one should be one area the two should be another the fours yeah because usually that's what it is and it's like going like I know say with with Montreal and Toronto going I think east to west it goes one to nine or yeah. eight depending like h1 is like east most yeah. eastern part of montreal h9 is the most western part and m1 and m9 the same thing don't even get me started on koa it goes on both sides of yeah, the koa could be anywhere <laughs> and there is a gap in the middle what so if you go east it's koa if you go to carp or whatever it's koa but in the middle is like Greeley and k4m oh yeah i know my postal codes if we had an ottawa trivia show about fsas jen hayward's gonna win that shit <laughs> Oh, yeah, because I've been funny. out of the postal game, the postal code game for a while, but I still have some. Yeah, I just, tr- I think I just triggered you, really. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah, the police stuff didn't trigger you, but we got to postal yeah, yeah, codes. We got to postal codes, and I'm all like, Ugh. <laughs> it's just for people who like things in order. It doesn't yes. make sense. What a weird thing for us to end on. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's what the people are going to take away from this. Is like two nerds. Yeah. Yeah, two nerds. But you know what? Some of you are going to go search out KOA. You're going to go do it. Yeah. You're gonna oh, yeah. Go see. yeah gonna do that it. makes no sense. If the point of postal codes is to deliver a letter to one area so it's close by, KOA goes on both ends of the city an hour out each way. It makes no sense. In fact, screw the fixing COVID. I would like this fixed <laughs> the postal immediately. Revamped. <laughs> well, because no, we do by zones. So I mean, KOA is its own zone, right? So here's the thing: a KOA zone to a KOA zone, like like K, we call it zone one, is just in inner city, right? So one to one, that's one price code. But if you do KOA to KOA. That could be a that two hour be, drive. Yeah. <laughs> it could be two well, blocks or it could be I two only hours. paid $18 for this. What a steal, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, we're out gas money and looking for these rural homes and trying not to get eaten by their dogs, but all right. <laughs> I love 
love I do love my job, I should say. Order from Mother's Day from one of our people. Uh, I'm going to say Floral Envy, uh, cu uh, Cupcake Lounge, uh, Capital Florist, um, Flower to the People, uh, Bloomfield, so many, um, Batter Bakery. Uh, here's just a lasting impressions. We have so many uh, people that we deliver for. So watch for that gopher signal. So if you're ordering something for your mom, ask, hey, who delivers this? Because you want to make sure it gets there on time. And, uh, and other people who use their own drivers, they do their best, but we have a patented, like it's a war room and we make sure everything gets there. And when we say on time, it's Mother's Day. It gets there when it gets there, but everything last year was uh, done before five o'clock and uh, Valentine's Day, um, we left at five as well. So, I mean, we're uh, in there all night sorting stuff. Yeah. yeah it, a website that you want to share or, or uh, like a... Uh, well, go for it. By then, actually, by the time this airs, Mother's Day is gone, but you can still <laughs> order from those places. Uh, no, we're goforitdeliveries.ca. They can Google us. Uh, I have a very poor social following uh, on Facebook because I forget to make posts until I think about it, but it's on our strategic plan for this year is to really get that going and move the, the focus from Jen Hayward to, to uh, go for it so that if someone wants to buy me out, they can do that. It's a lot of money, but uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad well, I finally so got much. here. Yeah, felt like I was so hanging much. out with a friend, which is yeah, exactly, which is what we are. You know, this yeah, is absolutely you know, this is the. This I is told you, I know someone who has a crush on you. Wink, wink. So <laughs> <laughs> I say Thanks. weird things. Whenever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. Uh, so yeah, um, and I love watching your shows and uh, following you. And you're you're a good star. So if you're a friend of mine, follow her podcast. Uh, what's it called again? I should know this. Shooting Please. the breeze. <laughs> Shooting the breeze. That's right. We're going to advertise her. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, the Jen Hayward show is. I would I would put if I did it for real. I'd put like lots of effort into it. I'm not going to do that. I can't commit. And it's sort of it's a. Do I feel like talking to people today? And I don't always, because I just, sometimes I talk to people all day. And yeah, like I said, I had to turn my I had to turn my phone off before I came here because I had a customer who's also a friend message me on Facebook and I love everybody, but please don't do that. I have an email. That's like Sundays are my very, very, very few days off. And I really don't like to work unless it's life altering. Like everyone at work has my number. They're, they're fully equipped. In fact, they're better equipped to deal with any problems because you phone me and I was like, and it was something to do with some technical, I was like, I'm going to have my guy call you. And yeah. so, uh, but it's, it's part of it. It's no complaints. It's part of being an entrepreneur, but this was a lot of fun. Thank you Thank so much. You. Simone. Thank you for, and for being here. I'm going to come to the next Trevor's pad and you and I are going to do affirmations instead of insults. We're just going to, the whole time, it's just some positivity absolutely. And you know what? Everyone should do it because Trevor could not handle that many compliments at once. Like if people weren't shitting on him, he'll die. Like, what does everyone <laughs> want for me? Right? Like he'll be like, wait, 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 who's saying I'm very funny? He's like, do I have to say thanks? Like what? Uh, so I think uh, if you really want to piss Trevor off, don't make fun of him. Just say, Praise oh, him. how great he is. Praise him endlessly. And then watch him become less funny because as he go watch, up, watch him get all remain as funny as he is keep insulting him and um and uh, for some reason it works but you're you're right he's a very funny person i agree with you yeah, he's not my favorite but he's i mean i shouldn't say that no i mean I, I just, i've listened to him for 12 years i know i'm not his favorite either don't worry as a person absolutely and as a community he's very funny like i can bring anyone to one of his shows and i know they're going to enjoy themselves yes. That's something I enjoy. Sometimes it's like, 
yeah, I'll enjoy you, but my husband won't or vice versa, <laughs> right? I watched someone once uh, and I, I swear to God, I almost threw up. Like sometimes he was so gross and I'm pretty, I've watched comedy my whole life, but he was, I won't even say what he was talking about, but it was something that he was so graphic in his description that oh I literally God. had to leave the room and almost, and I said, that's not my kind of comedy, but my husband's peeing himself laughing because <laughs> he enjoyed it so much. So Trevor is one of those people that universally, I, I mm. think most people uh, will think he's funny. And so we can leave on what, what, Trevor's very funny. <laughs> Trevor's funny. <laughs> we have to edit that out and say, Trevor, bye, is an asshole. Because get that. Trevor's an asshole. And every time we said something nice, just put that on the screen. That's just put that in a loop. <laughs> the loop. Yeah. Oh my God. Someone's going to meme this. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for, for joining you. me today. It was a pleasure to have you here. You and anytime me. you want to you wanna come back, just let me know. We'll I got work. 46 years of stories, so I, I can, oh, I can pull out other things than post so That was just my A game, but uh, I've got some other stories. All right. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. And thank you for watching and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>